you can come on up. I didn't. Thanks, Bram. Awesome. Thanks, Bram. Hey, you guys, oh, will you give it up? No, no. Jeff's awesome. We're going to put some books up here, too. Oh. How's everybody doing? You guys doing well? Yeah? Good to see all of you. Raise your hand if you had a good day. Yeah, most of you. Raise your hand if you had a test. Anyone? Raise your hand. Keep your hand up if you passed. Let's give them a hand. They did well today. Good job. Good job. Well, hey, um, it's really fun for me to be able just to be here um, with you guys for one night and, and uh, um, be able to open up God's Word together. Do you guys have Bibles or do you need to grab them? You got them? You already got them. Okay, good. Um, but I just, uh, I was in here a couple weeks ago and I stood in the back and uh, it was so fun because I just got to watch worship and then I got to watch Brad do a killer job teaching and I got to see the way, yeah, the way the worship's going on in here. It's awesome. And then I, as I looked around, I saw all these adult leaders and I just thought, this group is on track and God is doing some really cool things in here. And then, you know, just the vibe of all of you. And, um, and what you bring to it. So anyway, it's just a privilege for me to, to be able to come and to hang out with you for one night. So as Brad said, we're jumping into a new series, and so I'm excited about that and, and uh, really looking forward to, to where we're going. So hey, let's do this. Before we jump in, let's pray, and uh, um, maybe you've had a great day, maybe you've had a hard day, but let's just go to the Lord now, and um, let's just really kind of quiet our souls. I need to do that, and um, let's just ask God to really speak uh, uh, to us tonight. So yeah, let's, let's pray. Lord, I thank you um, that you're the kind of God that you're so approachable. And uh, God, you know everybody in here. You know those that are, uh, they've been looking forward to being here all day. You know those that are really on the fence tonight, and uh, they weren't sure if they should even come. And, and there's a lot going on in life, maybe. And, and um, Lord, we just thank you that you know us and that you love us. And Lord, tonight we just want to pray, regardless of where we're at, we want to open ourselves up to you and say, hey, God of the universe, would you speak to me? God of the universe, would you do something inside of my own heart tonight? God of the universe, would you stir something in me, maybe that's never been stirred before even. So Lord, we love you, and uh, we commit this time to you, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. <clears throat> well, hey, before, um, before we really jump in, I, I want to ask you a couple of questions. Uh, the first one is this, have you ever come to a point in your life where you began to say things to yourself like this? I don't have all the answers. You ever come to that point in your life where you just realize, you know what, I, I don't have all, everything figured out that I wish I did. Uh, maybe you've even realized, okay, the best teacher that I have, they have some things in their life maybe that aren't as good as I thought they were. Uh, the best pastor maybe that you know, the pastor that you really look up to, maybe you realize, they're, wow, they don't have all the answers either. Um, maybe you would say, man, you're, you've had a coach or a or a parent even, that you've really looked up to, but yet you've come to a point in your life where you've said, you know what, not, every, not anybody really has all, all the answers that I, that I need. Um, people that you've looked up to, people that you've admired even. Um, let me ask you another question. Have you ever gotten to a point in your life where you've said, I need to make a key decision? Have you ever come to kind of a fork in the road and you thought, okay, if, if I go this route, it'll have certain ramifications, it'll have certain effects on my life. And if I go this route, it'll, ha it'll play out in a completely different way. Have you ever had that happen in your life where you've just had to make a big decision? Um, or <clears throat> how about this? Have you ever looked at your friends? Maybe you've looked at someone very close to you. Or you've looked at your friend's parents or maybe even your own parents. And you've said, you know what? I see the decisions that they're making and I want to go a different way. 
I know who I want to become, and I want it to play out differently than, than it's playing out at their house. I want it to play, different, play out differently than it is for my friend. I'm seeing the decisions that they're making, that she's going down that road, and I don't want to do that. I don't want to end up like that. I see where it's, it's leading to. Have you ever had that kind of that feeling, that thought go through your mind? I, I think about that all the time. I know very well the kind of person that I want to become. I, I know that I would say I have a very clear idea of who I want to become. But oftentimes I realize this, I need help making decisions. I know that I won't become that person if it's just up to me, by myself, making those, those kinds of decisions. Um, oftentimes pastors will get asked questions like this, what should I do in this situation? Lots of times people will go to Brad and they'll say, hey, I'm dealing with these things, well, what do you think I should do? Or people will come and, and they'll say, hey, I need some advice, or what would you do if you were me? Or someone will come and they'll say, you know, I feel like a complete waste of life. Well, do you agree with that? Do you think I, I, I am? Is there any meaning? Is there any purpose behind that? Uh, over and over again, pastors will do this, though. They'll say, you know what? Um, here's, here's what I think. But then a pastor will do this. They'll say, but you need to, like, go to God's word. Or they'll say this. Hey, here's, I'm hearing what you're saying, and you're wondering if you have value. And the pastor will open up God's word, and they'll say, Look, I, I, here's what I think about you, really, and I really like you, but this is what really, like, what it says in here, you, you got to take this to heart. Like, you got to make decisions on, on what this, this book says. Tonight, here's what I want to do. Tonight, we're going to ask the question, why is this book so significant? You know, I've got this stack of books up here. This is a random stack of books from my office, no particular, uh, you know, set of books. But tonight, I just want to ask the question very clearly, is there any difference between these and this? Is there any difference between these? I mean, these are very good books, actually. Uh, there is some significance. I like a lot of these books, quite a lot, actually. But I, I want to ask the question tonight, when you get to points in your life where you want to make some key decisions, is there any more value in you going to this versus going to that or going to any other book that you have on yourself or any other app of a book that you have access to? Um, it's, a, it's an important question. Uh, tonight I want to talk about this whole question of why. I, I want to talk about why has there been such a significant impact with this book. I want to talk about why has there been, get this, you guys get this statistic. Why has there been six billion copies printed to date of this book? Six billion copies. I, I, don't even, I can't even get my mind around that. Here's another one. Why is it that there are 168,000 of these distributed every day in the United States? 168,000 every single day. You know, we're going to get to this as, as our main point, and we'll kind of flush this out as we go. But um, write this down if you're taking notes. Here it is. We'll put it up on the screen, too. How you see it determines if you'll read it. How you see this book it really determines whether you'll read it. How you see it determines if you'll read it. If you think it's not, not a big deal, I and mean, it's, like, it's just like another book, it's no big deal, you won't read it. I wouldn't read it. Who needs another book to read? Anybody in here feel like you need more homework? Absolutely not, right? Um, one person raised their hand. Give her your homework. She's right there. All right, right? But we, we need to ask that question, and we need to really wrestle with this, because how, depending on how we see it, really, it will determine if we'll read it or not. Have you ever wondered what all the buzz about around the Bible is all about? Have you ever wondered why when you get to a hotel room, you open the, the, the little uh, cabinet there, the nightstand, and 
And what's typically there? A Bible. Yeah, I mean, think of the millions of copies of the scriptures that are in just hotels alone. What's all the buzz about the Bible for? Um, why are there over, five, uh, over 50 million downloads of the Bible to smartphones? Think about that. 50 million downloads of the Bible. I bet if you asked a lot of the smartphone owners in here, they would say, yeah, I've got that app. Um, here's another one. Why do busy people, why do busy athletes in particular, why do they read the Bible? And why do some of them put verses right on their face? Why, why, do, why do people do that? Uh, why do people write in their Bible? Ever notice that? Why do people, they put significant dates in, in their Bible? Like, I, oh, I read this on that date and I was going through this. And, and it's a big deal to them. They put dates in their Bible. Um, why do people pass down Bibles from generation to generation? Um, my grandma died, I got this Bible. Um, this, it was actually for my grandfather. And uh, there's a note in the front of it. She gave this to him in 1974. And if you read the, the little letter that she wrote my grandpa, uh, it's pretty clear. She was writing this because she wanted him to read it. And she signed the letter, with much love and concern, your <laughs> wife, Betty. I thought, whoa, Grandma, you know, going for it. But why did she do that, right? And why is it that that's a, that's a cool possession for me? I will pass that down to my children. Why, why, do, people, why do people do that? Um, why do people paint verses in their homes? People have verses on their walls in their homes sometimes. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, that kind of thing. Why do people put Jesus saves on their t-shirts and look at this guy. Look, at he's a freak. Isn't he crazy? Yeah. I don't know what he's doing for Jesus, but I, I really, I like his hair. I don't know what else to say about that guy, right? But why do people do that? Why do people... Uh, take a sign that has a Bible verse on it to a football game, and, and they, you know, going to get tased, you know, for it, you know? I mean, that poor boy looks like he's, like, rethinking it, doesn't he? Like, oh, I shouldn't have done that, you know? But why, why do people do that? Why do people put tattoos of the scriptures on their bodies? Why do they do that? This guy's got Isaiah 49, 16. Why do, why do people put crosses on their, on their bodies? Um, why do, here's a good question. This is a very practical one. Why do Christians around the world get up earlier than they normally would than people who maybe aren't Christians? Why do Christians get up early and why do some stay up late to read this book? I mean, why, I mean who, who wouldn't take more sleep? But why is it that Christians oftentimes will set their alarm a little bit early, they'll open this thing up, and it's like a part of their day. And you could even ask some Christians, they would say, if they miss that time, they sort of like have an issue in their mind. And they really wish they had it. And then like there might be a point in their day where they get a break and they open it up. And they're like, I needed to hear from God. I, why do they do that though? Why, what's all the hubbub about the Bible? Why do people in, par, in, in parts of the world like China or around the globe really, why do people give up their lives for the book? I mean, seriously. Why is it that there are people that are being persecuted, even as we're sitting here in this really nice place, for this book? Why, did they, why are they doing that? Why do people name their children uh, after the names in this book? Why do they do that? Uh, why do the, the holidays on the world's calendar revolve around the events in this book? Why do millions and millions of people, get this, millions and millions of people gather one time a week, and what do they do? 
This, this is the authority. They open up this book. Why, why do they do that? What's all the buzz about the Bible? Um, why is it even right now that there are different, you have friends at other churches. Why is it even right now, right in our city, that there are different groups that are opening up this book? Why is it that down the hall there's like 250 kids that are reciting verses? Why is that? Why is that happening all over the city? Um, again, the main point tonight is this. How you see it determines if you'll read it. Uh, turn with me. If, if you've got a Bible with, me, uh, with you, uh, turn to Psalm uh, 1. Psalm 1, we're going to start in verse 1. And in this psalm, I, I, we're just going to look at the first couple verses, and then we're going to go to a different passage for most of the night. But I want you to get a picture of what it looks like to kind of help a- answer that why question. I want you to get a picture of what it looks like in the life of a person who gets into this book. A person that would choose to read it. A person that would say, okay, Jeff, this person that you're about to talk about would say, these books are of importance. There is good knowledge in here. Knowledge is from God. That's a good thing. But the Psalm 1, what we're going to look at, this person elevates this book quite a bit higher. The message of this book quite a bit higher. Okay, let's look at this. Verse 1, we'll look at 1 through 3. It says, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord and and on his law, on on God's law. When it says God's law, what it means is this. It means God's word. On On God's word, he meditates or he thinks or he mulls it over day and night. Now know know this, blessing uh, isn't earned, is it? It, Blessing is a a gift from God. It says, blessed is the man, or you could even write this, blessed is the man or the woman, blessed or happy, right? Joy comes to this person who delights, who meditates on, who really like looks at the the God's word. And have you ever seen like a a woman with a, a good like diamond ring? And you notice like you can look at it from one angle and it looks really cool, but then she turns it a little bit, and it looks like, oh, that's really cool, too, and then twists the hand a little bit, and it's like, wow, that every, way, every facet, it, it looks really cool, right? That's what it's saying. It's saying that the person that meditates on God's word is like this, oh, wow, that's really good. I needed that today, and then tomorrow, they're like, oh, man, I'm still thinking about what I read yesterday, and that's still applying to me, but then they find something new, and they're like, whoa, and what they're doing is they're mulling it over, they're meditating on it. It's a part of who they are. Notice then, look at the last verse, verse 3, sorry. It says, he or she is like a, a tree that is planted, meaning that it's not like this, you know how sometimes trees just grow? You ever, any of you have to do any lawn work at home? And all of a sudden, yeah, there's several of you that you have to do that, and you probably don't like it. But do you ever notice that with the weeds tends to grow trees sometimes too, little bitty trees? And I'm the kind of person that I'm like, well, let's just put all those in a little corner and let them grow, and that'll be really cool, and then we can sell them, right? But that'll take a lot of work, and it's probably not worth it. But, but think about this for a second. It's saying that he is like a, a tree that's not just like some random tree. No, 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 no. This tree is planted, but it's planted in a specific spot. Look at this. The person that loves God's word, the person that says God's word is here, the rest of the stuff's good, but it's not where God's word is. He is like a 
tree that is planted by what? By streams of water which yield its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Let me ask you a question. How does the writer view God's word? What's one word that you would use to describe it? What what does it say? Verse 2, just someone shout it out. But his delight. Yeah, there's a sense of like, whoa, it brings me me great joy. Last night, we have, um, Christine and I have uh, three kids, a seven-year-old son, a four-year-old daughter, and a a two-year-old screaming baby boy, uh, Ethan. And and our four-year-old daughter, I was reading her some Bible stories last night, and the Bible stories are pretty quick. It's like a two-page deal, and, and you're done with the story. And so she said after one story, she said, Dad, oh, can we do another? And it's the Bible, and I'm a pastor, and I like the Bible. And so I'm like, well, yeah, you like the right thing. Sure we can, you know? And so we did two stories, and she said, well, can we, can we do another? And she knew which one she wanted to do then. And so we flipped around, and she found the next one. And, and so that was three. We did three, you know? And, and then she said, oh, Dad, Dad just, just one more. And I said, sure. And she said, oh, you're the best, Daddy. And I said, wow, because I let you read the Bible. I'll write that down, baby. That's good. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. Now, she, I think this is a good picture. She was delighting in one of two things. She was delighting in God's word, I hope. Uh, but she was also delighting in staying up later, right? She's not stupid at all. And so she was thinking, four stories, five stories, I don't care how long you read to me. I'm not, uh, the light's not off and I'm up and I'm with you and we're good, right? But, but here's the deal. I still thought it was a good picture of delight, She's saying, no, 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 I want to read. And and she's flipping through, and she's going, I want to do this one. Ooh, that's got that mean king in it. I want to hear about him. Mm -hmm." You know, and she's getting into it. But she's delighting in it. She she wants it. Let me read this to you. This is another example of delighting. We got this this follow-up letter from uh, a former Oasis student. Megan popped to you on a mission trip this summer, and and she was over in East Asia, and, and she writes this. this is, she's talking about this girl that came to know Christ. They were meeting together in this coffee shop, and she comes to know Christ, and, and then this happened a little bit later. She writes, she, being the girl that came to know Christ, was so amazed when I brought my Bible, when I brought my Bible out that she wanted to hold it. Imagine that. This, this gal comes to know Christ, and she, she knows that the message of why she has relationship with God is right inside these pages. And so Megan gets out her Bible, and the gal's like, can I hold it? You know, I mean, imagine that. She just, wanted, she just wanted to hold it. This was a turning point in my heart, realizing that people are so hungry for the gospel that they just want to hold a Bible. As we would finish one parable, she would ask for another she says, we sat in her dorm, uh, dorm room, living room, and in her dorm room uh, for a couple of hours going over the miracles that Jesus performed, teaching Tina about God's character and how he loves her more than anything. We are so privileged, don't miss this, we are so privileged in America that we have the Bible at our convenience. Right? I mean, think about this. I brought two Bibles here tonight. You guys got a ton. We got a cart full of them sitting there. Think about this. This girl over in East Asia comes to know Christ, and she's like, that message was in there, and you got a copy, and we don't have so many copies, and it's not even a good thing that you and I are talking about the copy. Can I hold it? I mean, think about that. She delights in it. I want you to see this from another psalm. Look with me. This is the last place we'll go. Look with me at Psalm 119. Psalm 119. 
from this psalm, we're going to see reasons why people delight in this book. The psalmist um, is going to just go through them, and we're going to, you can't help but go, okay, I mean, if you listen to the scriptures and you love the word of God, you can't help but read through this psalm and go, yeah, these books are important, and your textbooks are important, but this, oh man, this is different, and it's different for some very important reasons. Okay, look with me first at verse 9. We'll just go through several verses here. This is the longest psalm. It's 176 verses long. Very long. We will not go through all 176 verses. But I want you to do this. I want you to get a picture of why God's word is what it is. And here's why. Because how you see it determines if you'll read it. Look with me at verse 9. The psalmist really asks a question right off the bat. Verse 9, how can a young man keep his way pure? And then he answers the question, by living according to your word. Uh, How should you look at this book? Number one, here it is. It's very instructional. This book is very instructional. Uh, we, we, get, we get instruction in this book on, on how to live a pure life, how to honor God with our sexuality. Well, we get insight into this book. We get instruction on what kind of words should we speak. I can't tell you how many times I've been uh, going into a meeting or in a conversation or I knew I was having a big meeting that day and, and I read something about uh, maybe a proverb about it's wise to not talk so much. And I think about, whoa, that instruction saved me yesterday, right? Uh, We get instruction in God's word about marriage, how to relate to our parents, how to relate to a teacher or a coach or someone in authority. I think most importantly, though, inside this book, and, and this is why this book is like, whoa, out of the charts from these other good books, it's because of this. This contains the message of how to know God. I mean, think about that. I mean, if a person picks this up, even without talking to any of you, and the Holy Spirit is working on their heart, they can begin a relationship with Christ because they can read about who, who he is. Look at me at verse 10. Verse 10, I, I seek you with all of my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. Uh, here the psalmist, here is desire. Look at verse 11. I have hidden your word. I, it's like I, I had your word and it was so important to me that I just wanted to hide it in my heart. I don't want to let it out. I have hidden your word in my heart. Why? That I might not sin against you. Why is this book so important? It's because it keeps you from sin. It gives you a heads up. It says, hey, Friday night, yeah, you can go out and do that. It's great. That's cool. But I'm just telling you, the book is just telling you, hey, if you want to avoid sin, here's what to do. I love that about God. God's not like, hey, uh, I think... uh, Today you should do this, and tomorrow I'll change my mind. No, God's not like that at all. God says, hey, I I gave it to you. You want to know? You want to know how to live an honorable life? It's right in here. I'll give it to you. Um, It goes on. Look with me at verse 24. Your statutes are my delight. Again, we see there's this rejoicing. There's this, oh, I am filled with joy. Your statutes, that means just God's word. So your statute, God's word is... Is my, is my delight. And then it says, they are my, get this, they are my counselors. Uh, God's word provides counsel to you. Other places in God's word it says this, that God, and this might be you tonight. This is maybe the only reason you're here tonight. There are places in God's word where it says that God heals the brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. There are times when you'll read through God's word and you'll be in a, tr- a severe trial in your life. And God's word will act like a counselor to you. 
You know how it is at school. You can go to the counselor's office if you want. That's the service provided to you. God's word is like that. God's word says, man, it's like a counselor. It directs you. It guides you. It brings you comfort. But a different kind of comfort because these aren't the words of man. These are the words of God. So it's, it's totally different. Look at verse 28. My my soul, it says, is weary with sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word. Um, there have been times when I've been reading through God's word and I've been going through a hard time in life. And I would say this uh, with a lot of confidence. There have been times when I'm going through a hard time and it's, it's a word from God that is the thing that gets you through, gets me through. Have you ever had that happen? You're reading God's word and you're going through something and all of a sudden you open up God's word and you're just working through, you're reading like you usually do and all of a sudden you get a word from God in the scriptures that it's like, oh, okay, wow. Thank you, God. That's exactly what I needed. Let's keep going. Look at me at verse 30. This is cool. It says, I, uh, I have chosen the way of truth I have set my heart on your laws. Know this, this book isn't just touchy-feely. Uh, this is God's truth. There is no other ancient book that is more reliable than this book. People that don't love God would say that. The reliability of the scriptures is phenomenal. Historically, this book is incredibly dependable. Again, people that don't even love Jesus would say, that's a good book. The, 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 amount of, the, the amount of copies and how they date back, wow, they surpass any other book. It's, it's amazing. Verse 32, I run in the path of your commands, it says. Imagine that. This person's on a journey and they're saying, God's way is over there. That's the path. I'm running in the path of your commands. And then I love this, for you have set my heart free. You know, you might have a view of God's word tonight where it's a bunch of rules and it's just kind of like regulations and why would you want to read it? Because then you'll feel more regulated, right? Know this, when you really jump into God's word and you realize my creator gave me a word so that, he could, so that I could know him and, and I could live the way he wants, I could have the dream for my life that he really wants me to have, here's what you'll do. You'll say instead of, oh, it's a, uh, it's a bunch of regulations, you'll say, no, no, no. When I run in the path of God's commands, what does it do? It sets my heart free. I was talking to a guy recently who recently accepted Christ, and he said, my life is totally different. He said, I'm free from things that used to hold me down. So when he opens up God's word, it's not a thing that constrains him. No, no, no. It's a thing that sets him free. Look at verse 52. It says, I remember your ancient laws, O Lord, and I find comfort in them. Um, this is that whole idea that you can feel, you can be directed by God. I'm going to fly through these last couple. Verse 86 says, all your commands are trustworthy. Uh, help me. Um, for men persecute me without cause. You know, some of you are here tonight, and if you live according to God's word, like if you really cherish it, you're actually going to be pushed away, and you're already experiencing that. Here's what you can find. You're going to find comfort. You're going to find reassurance from the message of this book. Look at verse 89. It says, your word, O Lord, is eternal, and it stands uh, firm in the heavens. Think about this. The creator of the universe authored this book. That's amazing to me. I was out at a camp this last weekend, and, and I got up to go for a run one morning, and it was so pitch black out still, and the stars were just way bright, and, 
And as I'm, I'm thinking about this message, and I'm thinking, wow, the God of the universe. You know how it is in the country? It just looks a ton cooler, right? The stars are like bright. And I was thinking, the God of the universe gave us a book to read. That's amazing. And he said, hey, inside this book, I want to teach you about life. And I want you to know how much I love you. And I want to keep you from certain things. And I want to help you experience certain things. It's amazing. Let's skip down and we'll skip a couple of slides here. Um, let's go to 105, verse 105. Your word is a lamp unto my feet, and it is a light unto my path. Verse 147 says this, uh, I rise before dawn and I cry out for help. I have put my hope in your word. I have put my hope in your word. Get this, the message of Jesus Christ that he died, that's our, that's our hope. It's our hope. I want to read this story to you. Imagine this for a second. I mean, imagine the weight of the, the scriptures for this person. It says, uh, this is written by a 17-year-old girl. It says, the communist soldiers had discovered their, their illegal Bible study. As the pastor was reading from the Bible, men with guns suddenly broke into their home, terrorizing the believers who gathered there to worship. The communists shouted insults and threatened to kill the Christians. The leading officer pointed his gun to the pastor's head, hand me the Bible, he demanded. Reluctantly, the, the pastor handed over the Bible, his prized possession. And with a sneer on his face, the guard threw the word of God on the floor by his feet. He glared at the small congregation and he said, we will let you go, but first you must spit on this book of lies. And anyone who refuses to spit on this book of lies will be shot. So the believers had no choice but to follow the soldier's order. A soldier pointed the gun at a young man and he said, you first. And so the man slowly knelt down before the Bible and reluctantly he spit on it, praying to God, Father, please forgive me. And he stood up and he walked out the door and the soldier stood back and allowed him to leave. Okay, you, the soldier said, nudging a woman forward. With tears in her eyes, she could barely stand and walk towards the Bible, but she did as the soldier demanded. She spit on it. Not much, but it was enough and she was allowed to leave. Quietly, a young girl came forward. Overcome with love for her Lord, she knelt down and she picked up the Bible. She wiped off the spit with her dress and she said, what have they done to your word? Please forgive them, she prayed. And the communist soldier put a pistol to her head and shot her. Now think about this for a second. Now, was this book just another book to this girl? I mean, no, and I don't read that to like evoke emotion. I read that because it really happens. And I also read it because... I think it really gives me a clear picture. This book is different from other books. It really is. And it's the kind of book that I just go, okay, it's worth my time. It is. Why? Because it's God's word, not because it's my favorite coach and the person that I really trust for advice. No, 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 no. It's even better than that. It's, it's great. Let me ask you just a closing question. How do you see this book? Is it a book that you go, wow, there's something in that for me? Or is it just another book? Because how you see it, it really does. It determines if you'll really read it. Let's do this. Let's pray together and let's just ask God that we'd be the kind of people that we would go. And maybe even if it's for the first time, we would say, this week, Lord, I want to rise this thing up. I want to give you a chance, Lord, to speak to me through your word. So let's pray and then Brad will come up. Lord, I thank you um, for tonight and... Um, God, I thank you for the scriptures. I thank you, honestly, for a story like that girl. And Lord, I just pray that we would be the kind of people that with joy, Lord, God, I pray for myself. This preparation has been good for my soul to say, you know what? 
It's worth not just turning off the alarm. It's worth getting out of bed for. And so, Lord, we pray that we would be the kind of people that would really long to hear from you. Lord, I pray for the student that goes, I don't even know where to start. I pray maybe this week they would open up your word, maybe tomorrow morning, maybe tonight. Maybe they would open it to the book of Mark. Maybe they would go to the book of Proverbs and they would just read one chapter. And Lord, then you would begin to ignite them, ignite their heart for Christ. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks, Jeff. That's awesome. Um,